Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. What do you need to start your own YouTube channel? Come on, we've all done it. We go to YouTube to watch some cute kitty movies, and then suddenly we're watching plane crashes in the Ukraine. How does that happen? Well, we reached out to Chris Miles, also known as Benji's dad. That's his moniker on YouTube, and he makes a very good living with his content. We're going to share the tips, tools, and techniques to grabbing that content, keeping them engaged, and how you can make money creating your own YouTube channel. Like the sound of that? Well, this could go viral, and we'll explain how that happens too. So pull up a chair, sit on down. Chris is serving up the tips, tools, and techniques of YouTube content and marketing right here on Business Soup. Chris, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Hey, John, how you doing? Thanks so much for having me on. This is going to be fun. This is a pleasure. You do video production, and I love the title that you have is that you don't need a job, you need an income. Well, yeah. let's get into that one. But you're also known as Benji's dad. Now, I had a dog by the name of Benji. Please don't tell me that you named it after your dog. Not quite. It's actually named after my son, Benjamin. And uh, he goes by the nickname of Benji. And when we were starting up the business and trying to come up with a name, Benji was but a twinkle in my eye, I guess you can say. And then we figured out that we were actually going to have a, our first child. We went ahead and, okay, what should we call this? What should we call this? And actually, Benji's mom came up with the idea. She was like, why don't you just do Benji's dad? And kind of the rest is history. Well, it's Benji's dad, a.k.a. Chris Miles. You don't need a job. You need an income. And that's right off of his YouTube channel. And we're going to be talking about his business and how my audience, you folks that are listening, small business owners should and can get into video. I've been going kicking and screaming because I've been behind the microphone in a padded booth all my life, but I'm told I have to get in front of a camera. So folks, Biz Soup video and YouTube channel is a coming. What are some of the things that I should be doing as a business owner? Why should I be looking at YouTube to market my, whether it be online or brick and mortar? What's the value of YouTube? Well, John, just based on, you know, what we've been talking about so far, you know, one of the things that I could definitely tell about you is that you're a numbers guy. Numbers is everything. You can make almost anything work out if you can get the numbers right. Show me the numbers. Show me the numbers. That's exactly what it is. Let's just break down the numbers a little bit. If you go on the world, all right, there's about seven and a half, eight billion people on the planet. Plus or minus, you know, every second it changes. Yeah. There is about three and a half to four billion of them have access to the Internet. So half the world's population have access to a computer, a tablet, something, a smartphone to get them onto the Internet. Now, let's break that down a little bit more. Now, Google is one of, sorry, the largest search engine on the planet, bar none, not even close. And when you think about trying to earn an income off of that, you only need a small percentage of people in order to earn even a six-figure income. There's a guy named Kevin Kelly. He has a saying where it's the 1,000 true fans theory. And in that theory, he basically says, if you can find a way to make $100 off of 1,000 people, you can make a six-figure income. So you think about the 2 billion people that are on the Internet that are asking so many different questions, so many different 
trying to refine responses to what they want to know right then and there, you can create content, especially video content, and then answer their questions, get them somehow onto an email list or a way that you can continue to contact them afterwards. And then you can start making an income from it. When you look at the numbers, a thousand people, and you only have to pick from two to four billion people, that, that's not that difficult to do. So you just have to jump into it full force. Well, there are so many videos out there and, and I everybody falls victim to it. You, you go there for a specific subject and then suddenly you're watching a baby giraffe being nursed by somebody with a bottle. And you're going, how did I end up on that video? How did- <laughs> yeah. That's the household joke is when you go down what is literally the hole, you go there for one thing, you forget what it is you went there for, and now you're watching a baby giraffe being nursed that was just recently born. What's the first thing I need to do as a business owner and saying, all right, YouTube, here I come. What do I need to do? And then let's get into the stupid things that I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely can fall into the, the what I call the YouTube rabbit hole, where you just fall asleep watching a YouTube video, watching one thing, and then you wake up and it's something completely different than what you're expecting. But that's just the beauty of how YouTube is. I think statistics show that the average person spends around 40 to 45 minutes on YouTube per session, which is outstanding when you think about everything else. Like a TV show, most of the time is only about half an hour long. A commercial is only 30 seconds, but people are on YouTube for on average of about 40 minutes a session. So with so many people spending so much time in one place, you need to do something that's going to differentiate yourself from everybody else. And one thing that I definitely recommend is even though there's so much content that's being uploaded, that's being added to YouTube, how are you going to rise up amongst everything that's out there, the sea of content? And the way that you do that is you have to put your particular spin, the way that you say things. No one else thinks the way that you think on the planet. And you need to be able to put a spin on it. We were talking earlier about different types of money things. You know, how should I invest money? How should I keep money? How can I get some tax write-offs? You really look at someone like maybe a Dave Ramsey or maybe a a Robert Kiyosaki, one of these guys who have wildly different ideas on how to manage money. Yet, if I wanted to, I can jump into that same space and tell you about my experience and how I've had success with that money. And there's some people in the world out of that 2 billion active users, there's going to be someone who wants to listen to me more than they would want to listen to a Dave Ramsey or Robert Kiyosaki, just because they like the way that I present the information. So the number one thing that I definitely recommend that anyone do, and especially you, John, is just go out there and add your own voice to the conversation. You're selling a personality, it sounds like. It's it's not so much a product, is that you're trying to capture eyes with your personality, your presentation, and whatever it is you're doing. I talk about business, but do I have to go out and do so many stupid things or get hurt or, you know, do crazy things that seem to be the draw? It seems like watching somebody jump into a sea of cactus is funny as long as it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> do I have to do that to get people to look at me? You know, does that work? What's the best way to start monetizing my content without getting a bunch of cactus thorns. YouTube is a very entertaining place. You know, we said it earlier where you go there to look at cat videos, right? That, that's what YouTube used to be. <laughs> yes. It used to be a long time ago. And to a certain extent, that still is what it is. But because of the number of eyeballs that are there, 
you do need to kind of add yourself to whatever conversation that you like. So the number one thing that I'd recommend you do is niche down or niche down, depending on where you are in the world. And what I mean by that is find one particular topic that you like and enjoy and just talk about it and it only. If you talk about everything else, you're going to end up talking to nobody. I believe Meredith Hill had that quote. If you try to talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. So in your particular space with uh, personal finance and business and things of that nature. Just talk about that. Talk about money. That's what your audience wants to listen to. And then once you find that space that you like and enjoy, you're now creating content on stuff that you already like to talk about. You're having conversations in the comment section with people asking you things that you love to talk about anyway, which then can help prevent burnout later on. We're talking with Chris Miles, a.k.a. Benji's dad. Now, Benji's dad, do I monetize my YouTube presence through advertisers in my own that I generate on my own? Or am I getting paid through some other third party because I am now generating looks or views or downloads? How do I turn this into money? Yeah. And that's the bottom line, right? Is how do you turn this into an income? Yeah. Show me the numbers. Well, one of my favorite phrases in this business is multiple streams of income. When it comes to your YouTube channel, or this even expands beyond that, if you have a blog, if you have a podcast, whatever it happens to be, but more specifically with a YouTube channel, because it's so hot right now, there's multiple ways in which you can earn an income from it. Some ways are going to earn you an income a little faster than others. Some take a little bit more time for you to build up the viewership so that you can start earning an income from there as well. So if you want to earn an income quickly with your business, I definitely recommend something such as affiliate marketing or some type of service service-based product that you provide to your listeners or to your viewers. That way you can start earning an income more and more faster than if you were trying to depend on getting ad revenue from YouTube. So there's a thing called the YouTube Partner Program. Well, first, let, let's back up for just a second. For affiliate okay. marketing, we do that here at Business Soup where we strike a deal with vendors. You don't have to make an investment. You don't have to buy anything and typically, you don't even have to subscribe. It's an electronic signature that states that they got that contact through you, and therefore, under their affiliate arrangement, you get paid a, it's typically a dollar amount from that transaction. So it's truly compounding because if you get one and you get a dollar from that or 10,000 people, that's 10,000 one dollar commission. So they're always more than that, at least my experiences. So that's what Chris is talking about, or aka Benji's debt. We're talking about affiliate marketing as one of the ways in which to monetize your new YouTube channel. Take it away, Benji's dad. Definitely affiliate marketing has been my bread and butter for the business for a very, very long time. Um, there's some really awesome benefits with affiliate marketing. And one of them is that you do not have to own the product. You don't have to create your own product. Someone else creates the product. Someone else has to deal with the customer service. So if I partner with a company and I promote their product and someone purchased the product through me, then I get a commission for it. But even if maybe later down the road, the person who made the purchase, maybe they didn't uh, want to keep the product anymore, or maybe something happened and they're like, you know what, this isn't for me. Let me return it. They don't come to me. They go back to the original company. So it allows me to be basically like a salesperson that doesn't take any benefits from the original company. You know, everyone kind of wins in this because the manufacturer gets a sale, the customer gets the product that they're looking for. And then me as the affiliate marketer, that's kind of put myself in the middle, kind of like the middleman. 
I get a commission from the sale. So everyone's a winner in affiliate marketing. And it really is a great, quick way to monetize a YouTube channel. And I have done affiliate type marketing, but 20 years ago, we didn't call it that. And the benefit to the provider, the one that you have the relationship with, is it doesn't cost them anything until it's converted. That's correct. You don't, you don't, they don't pay you a thing at all. And you're just kind of like a, for lack of a better term, you're a hired gun, you know, to go out there and have the audience. Now, the bigger your audience is, kind of you you referred to it a minute ago, the better your numbers can be. So even if I were promoting something that had a small commission to it, if I have a lot of people watching my videos, that $1 can multiply quite a bit. And then all of a sudden I have a decent income from it. And then look at it even more. If you can find an affiliate program that might pay you 100 bucks a sale, 500 bucks a sale, $1,000 a sale, you're starting to look at some pretty significant money that you can get from a product that you don't even own or have to worry about servicing after the sale has been made. And my last comment about the affiliate marketing is that you can start in at the basement value, such as that $1 example. And if your audience, your numbers grow and you have a bigger audience and you are driving traffic to them, that gives you an excellent opportunity to renegotiate that affiliate relationship, as I have done. And that's actually something that not a lot of newer affiliates realize and newer business owners is that everything at the end of the day is a negotiation. If you are sending a business a lot of traffic, a lot of business, and people are converting into sales, feel free to contact them and say, hey, I'm sending all of these people your way. I want to get a higher commission. And sometimes they'll say no up front, but then all of a sudden just tell them, well, I'm going to take my traffic elsewhere. All of a sudden, they might start talking with you right there on the bargaining table. So when you have a YouTube channel and you start to get viewers, you start to get a good viewership and you're sending sales to these businesses and to these companies, realize that you have a lot more power than you think that you do because you're controlling that audience. And fear of loss is the greatest motivator, whether it be an individual or a business. So if you use that fear of loss, close on the provider of the product, well, I'll just take my, you know, I'll put all my toys in a box and go play with them someplace else. You'll get their attention. You could end up on a graduated affiliate program where for the first thousand, you get this amount. And then thereafter, you get a higher percentage. It's all a matter of negotiation. Yeah. And you have to be willing to jump out there and do it and realize that you don't have to fit yourself to the to the pack. Go ahead and reach out and just say, hey, I got this audience. What can you do for me? And just see what happens. Well, you have a YouTube channel, but you have a lot of videos in here and you have a couple of them, which is affiliate marketing for beginners, affiliate marketing for or the six things that you need to know and, you know, affiliate marketing for dummies. That one got my attention first. So you're teaching people how to do this. How are you making money and, and how would they expect to make money off of trying to sell a way in which for you to make money? You know, how does this work, Chris? Yeah. And that's an excellent question there, John, because a lot of people think that They're like, well, this is cool. It's a affiliate marketing thing. But how do I get people? And that's what I teach people how to do is how to get the audience, how to get eyeballs on those affiliate offers that you go out there and get. As we mentioned, it literally doesn't cost a thing to go out there and partner with these companies. A lot of them have the automated services right there on their website. You click affiliate program, you sign up, they give you a link that your audience can click. Right. And if they go through and make the purchase, that's how they know that it came from you. And, that, and that's it. There's not much that needs to happen there. However, 
you know, if you have, you know, some Facebook friends, you know, maybe you have a hundred Facebook friends and you're posting on there, hey, why don't you go click on this link so I can go make some money on Amazon? It's not going to go over very well because the people who are friends with you on Facebook probably could care less what it is you're doing <laughs> with affiliate marketing. So I teach people how to go beyond that and use the most powerful search engine in the world with Google and with YouTube to get the right eyeballs on these particular affiliate offers, which means people go through and they purchase and then you can get a commission from the sale. We're talking about YouTube and positioning your business and how to monetize your presentation. So having that opportunity and creating eyeballs to your site not only can help your business, but then there's also what would be like the side hustle where you can make money off of the content of what you're producing. You have a plethora of topics in here from, you know, the best side hustles to passive income to blogging and such. Where do you get your information to put this out there? And what is your end goal is to create more numbers or are you selling more passive income through affiliate relations? A lot of that is numbers driven. You, you nailed it right there on the head. Um, and trying to go for a broader audience. All right. So early on, you know, you're thinking about affiliate marketing. You're trying to teach people how to do affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing has to do with earning an income or making money. So that means I can go to a more broader audience and try to find people who like to make money. And then I just need to show them you can make money by doing affiliate marketing. So you kind of start to create content that goes after a wider group of people, but who are still interested in what it is you have to promote. Not everybody knows what affiliate marketing is. Not everybody understands how the process works. You have people who have never heard of it. You have people who have maybe heard the word and don't really know what it means. But they do know that they want a passive income. They do know that they want to find a way to earn money while they sleep. They want to find some way to do that. So if I title the videos in such a way that it goes after a much broader audience, then I just have to do a little bit of finagling to kind of show them, by the way, you can make a passive income by doing affiliate marketing. And then that's when I start to promote my own products. Well, you have some attention getters, and I'm sure you think a lot about what is the text and the picture that you have that will capture somebody's attention, such as five new credit cards that approve you instantly. Well, that got my attention with a great big question mark. Or I found out Credit Karma's one big secret. Well, of course, I'm going to click on that. What is the secret? What's behind that curtain? And so I click on that. And what am I going to find behind each one of those windows? Door number one, let's say the Credit Karma is one big secret. I click on that. Why am I clicking on it? The one thing that you're always trying to trigger with your YouTube thumbnails and YouTube titles is FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it that he's talking about in this video that I don't know? I have to watch this video. And YouTube gives you plenty of statistics that you can look at to see the percentages of people who are looking at your videos based on the thumbnail, based on the title. You can have the greatest, most amazing video in the world that solves world peace and it's the panacea for everything that fixes everything, right? But no one's going to click on it if you have a bad thumbnail. And you have to have a good thumbnail and a catchy title, a catchy something, just to get people to start watching it. When you start doing that kind of thing, it gives YouTube indication that, hey, if all these people like it, maybe this group of people will like it. So let's start pushing it out to them. If they like it, then they'll go to a wider group and then a wider group and a wider group. And that's how videos go viral. That's why sometimes YouTube will show you a video and you're like, I don't want to watch that. 
but then they show it to you an hour later. Then they show it to you the next day. And then two days later, three days later, and you're like, you know what? Let me just watch this video. YouTube thinks that I'm going to love this video. And then what happens? You watch it and you actually like the video. <laughs> and you're like, oh, YouTube knew me better than I knew myself. But that's the way YouTube works. And you can help YouTube out by having good, engaging thumbnails where, for example, have your face on there with your eyes wide open and maybe what they call it the YouTuber face, you know, where you just kind of have a weird <laughs> look face or whatever. But you're doing that because people identify by looking in your eyes and seeing what's going on. And then that gives you some type of indication as to what's going on in the video. And that's what you have to do on YouTube. You do have to be a little clickbaity, which is kind of the word where you're trying to get people to click by promising them the world. But I like to say you're not really being clickbaity if you can deliver in the video. And if I really believe what it is I'm saying in the video, then my title is not going to be clickbait. My thumbnail is not going to be clickbait because I'm going to deliver on the promise. In my world of broadcasting and recording, I have three things that I live by with everything that I've done in broadcasting and now podcasting, and that content is king, production is queen, and distribution is God. Yeah. And I tell everybody that you can have the best product in the world, but if you don't have distribution, no one's going to buy it because they won't know you exist. Let's go back to content. How do you create your content? How do you find it? Because I'm looking at your YouTube face, and you're going to have to do some lessons with me on how to get my eyes to look that good. So, oh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right. You know, you're working with a handicap here. So content, how do you go about finding your content? Because you have got a list of different subjects that are not in one theme. So you have all this content. Where do you find it? And how do I know that what you are presenting is accurate? Excellent questions right there too, John. Really, when you think about it, the content that I create early on when you are first starting a YouTube channel, if you try to go after ridiculously huge terms, you're going to have a hard time getting traction because you're going to get drowned out by all of the bigger YouTube channels. So if you start off really niche and answer specific questions about your topic, about your space, it's going to make it a little bit easier for you to grow in early viewership. As you're growing that viewership and it actually gets to a decent sized audience, you can start becoming more broad and more broad with the content that you're creating. And then it makes it a little easier for you because you have that social proof. It's not fair, but it's the truth that sometimes people will see two videos. They might have very similar content in them. One has 100,000 subscribers. One has nine subscribers. They're probably going to look at the one with 100,000 just because the number is big. And that's just how it is. Right. Uh, it's yeah. funny. When I was um, first starting the YouTube channel with this particular YouTube channel, it took me about six, seven months to go from zero to 1,000 subscribers. But then it took me like two months to go from 1,000 to 2,000. And then maybe uh, maybe another month and a half to go from 2,000 to about 4,000 and then 10,000. And it just, the bigger the channel got, the bigger the snowball got. And it's all because of that social proof. People saw a lot of people watching a video. Oh, there must be something good in this. It's not fair, but it is the case. So sometimes I would go across many different types of subjects as my channel has grown because I have the ability to do that with a bigger channel. Someone who has a smaller channel, I probably wouldn't recommend that early on. Well, consistency in my world is first and foremost, how often should you or should anyone, including yourself, how often do you produce these YouTube episodes? Yeah, when I first started this uh, main Benji's Dad YouTube channel, I was creating content about probably three times a week. 
sometimes five times a week, I put myself on a challenge that I want to get X number of videos out in a certain amount of time. But if you can start off at about three times a week, that'll be great. Twice a week would be pretty good. And then after you, your channel gets to maybe 1,000, 1,500 subscribers, then you might be able to just cut it down to about once a week. Because the issue that you start to run into is that if you come out with a video every day or every other day, you're not giving enough time for your videos to kind of stretch their legs. So then if someone misses your video on Monday and Tuesday, but then you have your newer video come out on Wednesday, they may not go back and watch your video sure. on Monday because there was, you know, why am I going to go watch the old content? I'm going to watch the hottest, freshest, newest content. So I'm to the point now to where I only create videos once a week. And then that now allows me to work on other aspects of my business, such as a podcast or creating a course or something of that nature, where I can now kind of split my time in other places. And I let my video have time to kind of spread its legs. I give YouTube tons of time with it to go out there and find people who want to watch that content. Now, in terms of getting yourself on a schedule, that's really important. Showing up makes a huge difference. And I call this the Oprah effect. Because back in the day, you know, when Oprah had her TV show on, it would come on, you know, four o'clock every day, no matter what. Right. And people would make sure that they came home and they were home at 3.59 so that they can watch her show at four o'clock, no matter what. It got to the point to where people started to expect it. So if 4.01 comes on a random Wednesday and Oprah's not there, people are going to start looking for her. Is she okay? Where is she? Yada, yada, yada. The same difference is with your YouTube channel. You want to get people in the habit of seeing you at the same time, the same time of week, all the time. That way, when that time comes and you're not there, maybe they can start looking for you and figuring out what's going on. That really helps with your statistics with YouTube because as soon as you drop that video, you have people in the habit of watching you. That gives positive signals to YouTube to let them know that this video might be good for a bigger audience. And then that's what helps your videos go viral. Chris, you mentioned the word that floats around, and I don't really know what it means to go viral. You know, in two years, you've had almost a million views. What constitutes the term or the correct usage? Oh, that video went viral. What does that mean? So you have what's called like your immediate audience, and your immediate audience is going to be the people who watch your videos no matter what. You know, you create a new video, you're going to have your uh, your groupies, you know, the people who love to listen to you no matter what you have to say, no matter what you have to talk about. Think about the old, um, you know, rock bands that would go around the United States. <laughs> and you right. have people who would follow them all around no matter what. They're wearing their T-shirts, they're wearing their hats. It doesn't matter. Wherever they are, whatever they create, they're going to be right there. That's right. That's Eagles the rock. There you go. <laughs> You're going to create that same thing with your YouTube channel. There's people who are going to listen to you and watch your videos literally the second that it jumps out because that's all they're waiting for is to see what you have to say next. All right. So you create a video and then that audience watches it. Let's just say that that audience watches more than on average, watches more than half your video or watches 70, 75 percent of your video. That's going to be a positive indication to YouTube that now let me send this to people who know about you but may not watch your videos all the time. So then YouTube sends it to those people. If the video is uh, responds well with that audience, then YouTube's like, okay, this audience likes it also. So we're going to send it to an even bigger audience that has probably never heard of you, but they like the topic that you're talking about. Then they're going to show it to that audience. If that audience likes it, then they're going to go even broader and even broader. And you can see how it goes from this small seed of people 
to a huge, huge audience of people. Now, sometimes your video might get to that second level and then it kind of peters out and people, maybe they didn't like the video, which might tell YouTube, okay, maybe this video isn't as good as we thought it was. So we're just going to stop it right here. So that's how your video goes viral. If it starts to appeal to a bigger and bigger mass of people and YouTube finds that pocket of people who likes that content. And if that pocket is ever changing, so if someone's looking for a way to make money, that could be somebody who's 15, that could be somebody who's 25, it could be somebody who's 55, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be a group of people who are interested in that particular topic. So that's how a video goes viral. YouTube sees the content that you're creating, they test it against a small audience, and then a slightly bigger and slightly bigger. And that's how videos can go from zero to a million views literally within minutes because people are responding to the content that's being created. So the term viral isn't a number. It is an interest uh, or a, a distribution. Not so much that it's a you don't hit viral until you hit 100,000. That's be, correct. Yeah. OK, so. Um, so it's not like it's, you know, it's viral when it hits 100,000. Otherwise, it's just an infection. <laughs> yeah, well, look at it this way. Um, one of the ways you asked earlier how to find, you know, different topics to create content on. Yes. So one strategy that I use is I go to other similar YouTube channels that talk about my content, that talk about making money or talk about credit cards or whatever it is I happen to be creating a content on. And I look at their channel and I look at all of the videos that they've created over the past however long they've been doing it. Now, if I look at their most recent videos and I see, okay, this video gets 5,000 views, that video gets 4,000, this one gets 5,500, then I see on average, this video gets around 5,500 or so views per video. But then if I'm looking at their content and maybe a month and a half ago, they created a video and that one video has over 100,000 views. That tells me right there that that video went viral. It didn't hit a million views, but it still went viral because it got more than what the channel usually gets when they create content. So now that tells me as a content creator that that topic YouTube has found a good pocket of people for, and I can likely, not going to work all the time, but I can likely create content about that same topic. Sometimes I don't even watch the video in fear of getting influenced by it because I don't want to copy. <laughs> I just want to take the topic and then add my own spin to it. Just kind of like when we talked about it at the beginning of the show is put my own little spin to it, what I think about the particular situation or whatever. I create content and I throw it out there. I see what happens. Um, what I found is if I were to do that consistently, about every two out of 10 videos are going to pop and they're going to do really well. And that's one thing that's been really influential in my business is just finding those videos that YouTube has already indicated. There's a group of people who want to hear about this. So just create the content for that. So no, viral doesn't mean your video has to go 10 million views. It doesn't mean that it has to go 5,000 views. Just pop a little bit more. And when I say pop, I mean get more video, more right. views than you usually get. So I could look at, and you used uh, Kawasaki's and other financial channels, I could look at theirs and say, you know what, they're talking about this particular subject about small business finance, and they had a million views, just to use that example. I go, well, you know what, I can talk about that too. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, and don't feel, a lot of what you're throwing out there is testing. You're testing to see how your audience is going to respond to whatever it is you're talking about. So there's no guarantee that if Kiyosaki puts out a video out there and he gets 5 million views from it and then you do it and you're going to get 4 million views from it. That, there's no guarantee of that. But if you do it consistently, you're going to eventually hit a pocket. And then that's when you're going to start getting a lot of views. 
And the way that the algorithm with YouTube works is that when people find you, then they start to binge on you because they're like, oh, I really like this guy. What other content does he have? So sometimes uh, I believe the saying is a rising tide raises all ships. You yes. might have one video that does really, really well. All of a sudden, that video you made six months ago that didn't get a, a, an eighth <laughs> of the views starts to get a ton of views, too, because people are not interested in the topic. It's like watching Netflix. It's like watching Netflix. <laughs> it is. As far as my shows, somebody clicks on my show or I click on yours. And then on the right hand side, there's a list of this video's coming next. And it may be one of yours. And then all of a sudden I'm watching plane crashes in foreign countries. How does that work? And do I have to pay to get my videos on that feed to go up and off the cliff there and getting you to watch me? Remember earlier we were talking about how the average watch time on YouTube is like 45 minutes. Yeah. And the reason for that is because YouTube is constantly, and when I say YouTube, I really mean Google, all right? Right. Google knows everything about everybody for the most part. Same with Facebook. They just know so much about everybody that they understand their habits. They understand their viewing choices. They understand what you're going to watch if you're on your mobile version of YouTube versus if you're on your computer version of YouTube. They know what video, what length videos you like, what topics you like. And what they'll do is you're watching one video then YouTube's going to say, okay, if you like this, you're probably going to like this. And if you like this, you're probably going to like this. But you start thinking about a copy of a copy isn't always as good as the original, <laughs> you know? So sometimes where this video is you know, within 1% of what you like, it's right there, it's dialed in. The next video might only be about 3% off. Then the next video might be 5% off. And if you, like you said, fall asleep, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's 50 videos that played. All of a sudden, you're kind of off the reservation at that point. <laughs> it's just throwing stuff on there. And that's how that kind of happens. I can recall many years ago when my kids were still living with me on the channel, I go, where the heck did this come from? Now I understand that if my kids were watching on, on my computer a particular series of YouTubes, that's going to come up as an interest that I might have because they don't know the difference between kids and the adult in the house. Yeah, that's why it would be wise to have separate profiles, just like you do on Netflix, you know. When I'm on Netflix, uh, my son Benji, he has a kid's profile, basically, right? And it automatically takes out stuff that he doesn't need to be watching at three years old, right? <laughs> so you have to, but the thing is, if I'm not paying attention and I'm scrolling through and I start watching something, it's going to think that I'm him and might start suggesting stuff that I would like, not necessarily what he would like. So the same difference with YouTube. If you are on YouTube, it would be wise to switch to your account. That way you're going to be presented with stuff that you like to watch. You are calling yourself Benji's Dad Online Business Coach. Do people subscribe to you on a subscription basis or are you pushing this information on how to make from side hustles to passive incomes to how to create videos? Are you getting them to watch your program and you are monetizing it through the numbers? How do you make money out of this? I'm monetized through the leads, just like any business. Um, your business is only as strong as the flow of leads you have coming to it with new business. So if you look at the analytics of my channel, only about 20 to 30 percent of the viewers of my newest videos are my subscribers. Everyone else, the other 70, 70 percent are non-subscribers because YouTube is pushing the video out to other people. So because of that, I can use that from a business mindset. And if you notice in most of my videos, I'm always providing good value for 10 to 15 minutes. But then somewhere in that video, I'm having a clear and decisive call to action to either go to my website so that I can capture their contact information 
or maybe go to an affiliate product or something of that nature. As people are joining my email list, now I can market to them directly in their inboxes on their in their email. And that's how I really start to uh, scale the business because now I can start getting repeat customers. You know, if someone stumbles onto my YouTube channel, they watch one video and they're gone, I might never see them again. You know, remember, that's 2 billion people out there per month. How am I going to find this person again? And you have no way to track them. But if you have that call to action from your YouTube channel, regardless of the content, and you put on a call to action and they do go over to, they click on the subscribe, as everybody's always saying, click like, subscribe, yeah. and, you know, and all of that. But if you can get them to respond to that call to action, which would take them to a landing page on your website. Correct. And here's where you can get Benji's dad guide to creating your own YouTube ebook or something like that, mm-hmm. giving you that exactly. opportunity. And yeah. so there's that call to action that will you're giving away something. And the cost of entry is typically what is your name? It could be only first name. It could be just your first name and emails. It's capturing that email, which is the golden goose. Anything else is just gravy. The subscribers is kind of an empty number when you really think about it, because YouTube is doing most of the suggesting themselves, almost regardless of what the the subscriber count is on your channel. However, getting those numbers up is good for sponsors. So once you do have the numbers, you can say, hey, I have X amount of subscribers. We're growing at this rate. Now I can pitch my channel to another business and say, hey, if you want, I can advertise in front of these people for X amount of dollars, you know, and you have the numbers to kind of back it up. So the subscriber numbers aren't completely unfounded. However, with the affiliate marketing, with driving people to a landing page to capture their to capture their email addresses, you don't need a lot of subscribers to do that. I can have 10 people watch my video and think that that's a failure, but that's 10 separate people who watched my channel and I had 10 separate opportunities to market myself to them, you know, and that's kind of the way you have to look at it, especially early on when you're kind of in that ghost town phase of creating your stuff. Well, certainly much better than pre-internet where it was one-on-one, walking down the street, knocking on the doors, walking in cold calling. It's a much better method of presentation and sales. You're dealing in, once again, the numbers. Yeah. You look at a billboard, you know, how many numbers droves of people pass by a billboard and none of them are interested. You pass by a dentist billboard, you might have a million people in a day on the highway pass by it, but what only a small percentage of them actually even care about what's even up there. It's totally different online. I can create content that talks to a specific group of people and then people find me. And then that's really where the the difference is. People are finding my content in this discovery marketing type of uh, strategy. Let's say that in my particular business, the business of business, that somebody wants to sponsor or advertise on the front end of my video. They're going to pay me to produce this video on a subject matter that is related to their business. Is that permissible through YouTube? Can I say this This is brought to you by ABC Entity Corporation. Is that done? Yes, and that's another one of those multiple streams of income that you can get. Uh, sponsorships are a really good way to get consistent income as well because you can put people on monthly plans, put businesses, I should say, on monthly plans. 
The only caveat there is that you, well, there's two caveats. The first one is you want to make sure that you are aligned with that business. There's a lot of times where I've seen YouTube channels just basically exploit their subscribers and say, hey, I got this group of people who are interested about that. I don't care what your product <laughs> is. I don't care how good it is. I don't care. Is, is it going to get me a good commission? Is it going to get me good numbers from you guys? You don't want to just sell out your audience to that. You know, you need to have some type of integrity. You know, you need to have something of wanting to help your audience. The other caveat is that you do need to mark in the video that it includes some type of paid promotion, just so that people know what's going on when they're sure. watching the video. And other than that, yeah, you can definitely use sponsorships as a great way to monetize a YouTube channel as well. And you don't even need a large audience for that either. If you had a thousand people who on average watch your YouTube videos, it's not that difficult to go to someone and say, hey, I have a thousand laser targeted people who are really interested in your product. And if I tell them to buy it five or six times in my next six videos, then yeah, they're probably going to turn around and go buy it. So how much are you going to pay me for that? <laughs> That's how sponsorships can work. Well, show me the money. Chris Miles, a.k.a. Benji's dad. I can't thank you enough for giving us this long version of this big serving of Business Soup on how to create a revenue through presentation in the YouTube space. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.